This podcast was recorded from our weekly live stream. To watch this video or see other episodes of The Spiritual Journalist, head to thespiritualjournalist.com or find me on YouTube. You can find a link in the show notes. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here, and saying that I'm excited about today's conversation would be a massive understatement, because if you've been with me for a while, if you follow me on my daily live streams, you know how obsessed I am with my dogs, but I'm always wondering what's going on in their brains. Well, today we're talking with someone who actually kind of knows Pet psychic Nikki Vasconez is joining us. She's an animal communicator. She can uh, read animals who have passed. She can also tap into why they do the things they do and what makes them tick. So let's just dive right into it without further ado. I've always been a deeply curious person, talking with anyone who would listen and soaking in as much information as possible. So it's no surprise my love for storytelling led me to a career in journalism. But after nearly a decade working in newsrooms across the West Coast, I realized I wanted to start asking questions you probably wouldn't see on your local news. So I left my job as a morning TV reporter and started The Spiritual Journalist. This isn't just a YouTube channel, podcast, website, or social media page. This is a live conversation where you get to ask questions too, because I'm not the expert. I'm not here to tell you what to believe. My goal is to connect you with people who have profound experiences and inspirational stories to share. And we'll definitely mix a little astrology in too. So if you're like me, you have this insatiable curiosity and you love deep conversations too, well, this is the place for you. Together each week, we'll explore everything from crystals and tarot to mental health and the environment. There are no wrong questions here. My ultimate goal is for you to come away from each episode with a new perspective and an expanded consciousness. This is a channel for the collective. This is a community for the curious. This is The Spiritual Journalist. Hi, Nikki. Hi. I am so excited to chat with you today. I know we I have so many questions, seriously. Like, I have so many things to ask you, but I love to start each conversation with a brief look at your birth chart so we can get a feel for your energy. So are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Okay. So here's a look at your chart. And I know you've had a brief reading before. This isn't going to be a deep dive, but just a nice look at your the main energies playing out. So you know you are an Aquarius. And I would venture to guess you've always felt a little bit different or, you know, like kind of you're doing your own thing. Maybe you're a little weirder than everybody else. Aquariuses tend to pride themselves on that. So um, I'm not surprised that you ended up having an unconventional career, maybe breaking free from your conventional career. Uh, and you're a Libra rising. I love a Libra rising, first of all, because A, you're beautiful. You know, you show up in this nice, beautiful way, but it also probably helps you express yourself in a really calm, balanced manner. Uh, so, you know, people when they first meet you might just think, oh, she's like pretty casual, you know, beautiful, calm, relaxed. And then when they get to know you, they're like, oh, there's a lot more going on here. She's kind of weird. And especially because you have a Sagittarius moon, I would guess that once people really get to know you, you are a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then because you have a Libra rising, your ruling planet is Venus, and you have your Venus conjunct your Mercury in Capricorn. So work is probably very important to you. Um, I would imagine that you've been very driven and motivated to achieve success throughout your life in whatever you do. Uh, and it's happening in your fourth house. So I would also say like home and family, having a nice secure environment is really important to you too. Because your Mercury is conjunct your Venus as well, um, the way you express yourself, the way you speak and write probably has a really beautiful balanced quality to it. So, you know, I've never gotten a reading from you, but I I'm sure we'll notice in this conversation how lovely it is to chat with you. Uh, you have a lot going on actually in Capricorn. You have a stellium in Capricorn. So that's three or more planets in one sign. You have your Saturn there, your Uranus, your Neptune, and then again that conjunction between Venus and Mercury. So I just see that as you being motivated, you being driven, especially with a lot of it happening in your third house. You probably really like to learn and attain new information and like that's probably a big part of how you achieve success is constantly by learning and bringing in new information. Your Sag moon is in your second house too, which I want to point out because I feel like you're probably pretty good at manifesting because of that. Like once you're really attuned to your emotions, you're able to bring in resources really easily. And um, when you feel comfortable around people, you're probably really good at sharing and being generous and being outgoing. And a Sagittarius moon, you know, I'm looking at your chart. I'm like, okay, where's, where does it say she's a psychic, you know? And for the most part, I see that coming out in the Sagittarius energy because it can make us um, just more attuned to like higher wisdom. So mm -hmm. I can see that. But also your North Node is in Pisces. And the North Node represents the skills and the energy we're here to learn in this lifetime that might feel uncomfortable at first. So your South Node is directly opposite your North Node in Virgo. And the South Node in Virgo, my partner has these placements um, and I'm a Virgo. So I'm very familiar with Virgo energy and you probably feel comfortable around Virgos. Like you like things to be the way they are, just so. Um, maybe there's a little bit of a perfectionism tendency to you, but your um, mission in this lifetime is to embody that spirituality, that wisdom, creativity, and psychic abilities as well. Pisces is definitely all about psychic abilities. Um, is this, these are your big three, right? Like this all tracks for you so far? Yeah, and I think my husband's a Virgo, which is funny. So that makes sense because you mentioned what you just said about being attracted to Virgo. Yeah, my partner has a ton of Virgo friends. And then, of course, mm -hmm. I'm a Virgo. And I'm like, that would be your south node. So I always tell people, pay attention to your south node because usually you end up attracting those people in your life because you just feel comfortable around them. Um, your Jupiter is in Taurus in the eighth house. And Taurus rules the physical, its resources. I could see you being very abundant and, and wealthy because of this, but also the eighth house rules like other people's money. So investments could be very profitable for you. Uh, but also the eighth house is like what, like energy, subconscious, kind of shadow work kind of things. And so again, this could bring a little bit of your psychic abilities into play as well with Jupiter in the eighth house. And your midheaven is in Cancer. So 
um, just feel called to point that out because the midheaven represents the highest point of visibility or success in our career or our long-term goals. And with yours being in cancer, I really see it as you being able to hold a safe space for other people. Cancer is the sign of the mother. So, you know, either becoming a mother or being able to be that secure, safe person for other people. I know you work a lot with people who are going through grief. And so I could really see your midheaven and cancer playing out in that way. Yeah, do you have any other questions or anything else you want to point out? No, I want to comment though. You said this is all so new to me. So it's like you're almost speaking a different language, but you did great explaining. The one thing you said about the Taurus, about being wealthy, my husband and I are always like thinking one day we're going to be millionaires. We don't know how we're going to invent something and then we're just going to give money to everybody. So it's so funny you said that because like literally every day we're like, we're just going to be millionaires one day. And we just keep saying that. That's what we say too. And I, I'm like, it's confirmed in our charts. We're going to be wealthy. It's like I'm manifesting it because it's in our charts. You know, I love though how you said, um, and we're going to share it with everybody because mm -hmm. Jupiter is the planet of abundance, but it's very generous. So I see that like, you know, if this investment or, um, you know, even like an inheritance comes through, I see you wanting to share that money, which is so cool mm -hmm. that you just said that. And your mm -hmm. Mars is in the seventh house in Taurus. That's the only placement I think we didn't talk about. Um, so you just had your Mars return. And with it being in the seventh house, I would say that, you know, you're really action oriented in relationships. The seventh house rules are relationships, but also just in general for you right now, your Mars return happening, uh, which happens about once a year. It's like you probably just felt a big rush of renewed motivation in the past month or so with Mars conjunct your Mars or transiting over your Mars. So that's a fun little transit for you right now. And then Mars will be going over your Jupiter uh, in the next couple weeks too, which is really good when it comes to abundance and wealth and some motivation to attract new wealth and abundance. I love it. Awesome. Okay. Well, yes, I love looking at birth charts, but I'm way more excited to just talk with you today. Um, and I love also, as people are watching, you're welcome to ask questions or give your input. And immediately Fern said, as the show was opening, she felt or heard a horse while jogging. So she's feeling in tune with the energy because yes, you are a pet psychic or an animal communicator, but you don't just connect with dogs and cats, right? You can connect with most animals. Yep. It's funny that she just mentioned the horse because I did a past life regression, I don't know, a year or so ago. And in every past life I went to, it was me and my horse. Like I never had friends. I never really had family. I just had this horse that I could talk to like we are talking to right now. It was fascinating. That is so cool. Um, and also looking at your chart, I see part of you that is like really independent, like fiercely independent being oh, yeah. an Aquarius sun. And with all of your Capricorn energy, you're just like, I'm the boss. I can do this. I don't necessarily like need anyone to help me, um, which is so interesting that you say that like in past lives, it was just me and my horse, you know, that's pretty cool. So let's start from the beginning. I want to know when did you first realize you had the ability to communicate with animals on a level that most of us don't have the ability to do. What's interesting, Olivia, is that I didn't even know this was possible until I was 28. So I'm 33 right now. So this is not something I grew up doing or as a kid, 
you know, you hear stories like a lot of psychics and mediums, like they had this while they were a child, they thought everyone did, and then they realized their friends couldn't do it, then they felt weird. I didn't have that. So it wasn't until like five years ago that I even learned this was a thing, which is why I, I'm such a, um, a proponent to saying that we can all do this because it's very much something that I learned to do just a couple years ago. That's so neat. And I have to point out as an astrologer, that is probably a byproduct of your Saturn return. I don't know if you, you know, dove into your Saturn return yet, but between 28 and 30 is when we all have our Saturn return. And, you know, uh, with yours being in Capricorn, it kind of sparked this shift in your career, right? Because you were a lawyer at the time. I was. Uh, so it's funny between 28 and 33, my marriage used to be a train wreck. <laughs> It's, he's my best friend now. Quit my lawyer gig. Marriage restored. Like all of this stuff happened in be between that time period. I was I quit being I quit the law firm for good last July. So I've only been doing this full time animal communication for a year. That is incredible. So you're 28 years old. You're a lawyer. You're living in the 3D world. Like probably very successful in your career as a lawyer, and. When did something click in you like, oh, I can communicate with animals, you know, not just like they're probably thinking this, but actually confirming what was going on in your awareness was connected with them in some way. So what, how it happened is I was I had like a two hour commute one way to Center City, um, a, a large city near me. And both of my eyes were twitching. I was so miserable. I did not enjoy my job. It was just awful. And I am not a city person. So it got to the point where I was like, what am I doing? I, I didn't know animal communication existed at this time. Fast forward, like, I don't know, six months. And I was like, you know what? I, I need to make a change. So I started looking at jobs at local wellness centers near me because at that point I was very much getting into changing my diet. I didn't always eat very well and just trying to feel better. And I took a $60,000 pay cut, left the law firm, worked at a wellness center down the street at my house, literally making nothing. But we didn't have a mortgage, we didn't have kids, you know, so it was fine. And at that wellness center, one of the massage therapists could talk to animals. She didn't do it professionally, but she's been able to do it forever. So that's how I found out about it. So then I went home that night and just on Amazon, you know, looked up animal communication books. They're all that whole row, like right behind me. And I just read book after book after book. And every single book from all these different authors had one common theme. And it was, we can all do this. Half of them didn't grow up doing it. So it was at that wellness center I learned about it. I was there for two years, quit there, got back into the law for a couple of years, was like, what the heck am I doing? And while I was at that second law firm, I was doing animal communication on the side and I saw it really just exploding. And I, I got to the point where I knew I wouldn't be able to excel any further in the animal communication if I was still at the law firm. So last July is when I made that leap. And I was like, you know what? It was really scary because going from a paycheck to I have no idea what, what I'm going to make. You know what I mean? Um, it's just been phenomenal ever since. And that's how it all just kind of unfolded, right, unfolded right in front of me. That is so cool. And I love how you talked about buying all these books and reading all these books because again, you know, I'm gonna go back to your chart here, but your Saturn return in the third house is all about learning and like books and reading and, and communication in general. But um, I just love how like reading sparked this whole journey for you. So 
I know you said everybody can do this. And I like to think sometimes that I know what's going on in my <laughs> brains. I, I mean, I can read them pretty well just because I live with them and they're basically mm -hmm. like my four children. But when did you know that like, okay, I'm actually pretty good at this? When I first started doing the readings, I did it for free because when there's no money on the line, it's way better, right? You're not nervous. You're nervous, but it, it doesn't matter if you're wrong. So for the first eight months, I did free readings. Anyone with an animal that would give me feedback. And that was key. I needed to get feedback because if you're talking to an animal and you don't get feedback, you think you're just having a conversation with yourself, right? So I started giving uh, my acupuncturist actually is how it all started because <clears throat> she works with clients every day. I always say humans because I'm like, distinguishing between animals and humans, but she works with humans every day. And so she would ask her clients, Hey, I have a client that our patient that is learning animal communication. Would you be willing to let her read your pet for free and then give her feedback? So she would text me like three or four animals a week and I would do a free reading. All I would get would be the picture, the animal's name, and then an email. I didn't know anything else. And I would do a reading. I would send, I would type it up because at that point I was too nervous to like send the audio file because I record myself talking. I would type it up and then they would give me feedback. And I started getting like, not started, all the feedback, not saying I'm like the best, but like the feedback was all so good. And so many times they were saying, we previously had an animal communicator talk to our animal and you said the same things that she said. And after doing that for like six months, I think I finally convinced myself okay, I'm actually doing this. So then I went to donation-based. And then I slowly started charging like such a minimal amount. It was ridiculous. Like you couldn't sustain yourself on that. But I was scared to charge. And it was just reading after reading after reading and then just seeing the positive feedback. That's when I was like, okay, like there's something to this because it was very specific, detailed things that I would had no way of knowing otherwise. Yeah, like, I, I mean, of course, I've watched some of your videos on TikTok and Instagram. And some of the things that have struck me are like, I described this room, you know, like an animal mm -hmm. told me about this room, and then I described it. And the person is like, yeah, that's my living room, or that's this room in my house. So were those things, you know, that kind of feedback? Was that confirmation to you? Like, okay, I'm actually on to something here. Like, I am getting information from these animals that's that's valid definitely and the feedback in the beginning is so important because then when you realize you're doing it right you're more confident about speaking what you're getting because in the beginning like if i would get something really specific like mom needs to stop smoking i would get nervous because that's a very specific thing it's either you smoke or you don't so like if you say that and the and the mom's like i don't smoke what are you talking about like you're wrong right so getting this feedback was very important because w when I do the readings, and I think a lot of medium psychics might agree, is that I can't remember what I'm saying because I'm not focusing on what I'm saying. I'm kind of just channeling it through. But then when the people remind me of certain things that would that I said, it would kind of come back to me. And I'm a very, very visual person. I don't know if my chart shows that at all, but very visual. So in, a, in my readings, I get my messages in one of two ways, a lot of ways, but the majority is one of two. One, I see an image flash across my mind's eye. So I really do feel like I know what your house looks like. And the second way I get the messages is kind of just like a sudden knowing. So a lot of my messages, like you said, is me describing rooms or beds or favorite chairs. And the humans are like, yes. And what's really cool is that animals give me colors of things like this dark purple blanket or whatever. And 
you know, animals, quote unquote, are colorblind-ish. They can't see all the colors that we see. And I'm like, yeah, maybe they can't with their physical eye, but with their spiritual telepathic eye, they see everything because they give me all these colors that they otherwise wouldn't really be able to see. That is so cool. So I have so many questions already, but I want to ask you first, how do you connect with the animals? You said you get a picture, their name, and an email. And I know uh, in, in the little form I sent you, you say you don't really do live readings. You have to be in your nice, quiet space to be able mm -hmm. to channel. So what does that look like for you? I do all of my sessions remotely. So like you said, with a picture, the only information I ask for ahead of time is the name of the animal, their gender, the human's names, or anyone in the house, their names and the animal's names. And I only ask that just to make the reading more personal. So rather than saying Olivia and Zach, I can say mom and dad, right? Yeah. Or And then I can also, and I don't know if you even know a Zach, I don't know why I just said that, but um, <laughs> if there's any other animals in the home, I like to ask the animal I'm connecting with, Hey, what do you think about your dog sister? Do they need anything? So that's why I ask that information. But I do all of my sessions remotely looking at a picture. And I don't do live readings because I'm still really new at this. And how I started was doing it on my own time in my own quiet room right behind me. And what I do is I record myself talking on my voice memo on my phone. So I will say out loud the question that I'm asking. And then I will say out loud the question that I or the answer that I received from the animal. And then I send the humans the whole audio file to listen to. For me, I think that I can connect in a lot deeper when I'm in my own space and I don't have technology in front of me and blue lights and the humans right there. It's just always how I've done it because my sessions are an hour long. So it's not like I'm just asking five questions. It's really about their whole life. That is so cool. And I think it's important to note that, you know, everybody has their own way of channeling and dropping in. And I could imagine, you know, especially when you're trying to do something as obscure as communicate with an animal where you can't get direct feedback. You know, for me, if I'm doing an astrology reading, I'm like, okay, this is what I'm seeing. Does that make sense? And then the person's like, oh my gosh, yes. And kind of connects the dots and we go from there. Mm -hmm. But you know, I would imagine it would be very intimidating to be like, this is what I'm seeing. And then just reading the feedback on someone's face of like, what, you know, so I totally respect that. And I'm curious, were you into like meditation or anything like that before you started channeling and communicating with animals? How did you learn to drop into that state? So the way it kind of started is back in law school. So I had, I don't even like saying it because I don't really believe in any of it now, but I've had quote unquote thyroid cancer. You can probably see the scar here. I've had my thyroid removed. What that really means to me is I had a blocked throat chakra, right? So, and which is so true because for my whole life, I never spoke up. I was in emotionally abusive relationships, which is funny because now my whole job is speaking, <laughs> right? Um, so in law school, I had two thyroid surgeries and I was, my husband was deployed at the time. So I lost a major organ. Husband was at war and was in law school. Like it was just really stressful. So I started like, I needed to eat better because I ate horrible at the time. And my husband was like, we need to start eating organic and meditating. And I remember I got so mad because I was so stressed. I was like, I don't have time to eat organically. I don't have time to meditate. And so he kind of was like, this little thing that I was just watching because he started doing all of it. And then, you know, of course, people in your life, you kind of mirror what they're doing. 
So I started, we started with transcendental meditation. It's a certain type of meditation, sometimes called TM. And did that kind of on and off. Meditation, interestingly, was actually one thing that was really, really hard for me to ever stay consistent with. I didn't like journaling. I didn't like chanting. I didn't like nothing. Like I could never stick with anything. So really, I really wasn't a big meditator getting into animal communication, but I did a lot of other like self-healing modalities and fixing my relationship and all of that kind of just helped me come back into my body and myself and kind of have this like spiritual awakening. And then when I learned animal communication was possible and reading the books and then quitting the law firm, it was just like me shedding everything that didn't serve me. And then I just somehow found my way. And now I do, it's funny, I was meditating for a while, stopped it. I don't know why. And recently have been getting back onto it because it really makes such a difference. Like, oh, hundred percent. So interesting. Like everything you're talking about feels like you were shedding all these layers to become a clear channel. Like you probably already had this ability, but you know, eating healthy, even the surgeries going through like really intense experiences opened you up in this way that I'm sure you could not have guessed would have mm -hmm. happened going into it. Um, so, so cool. So, you know, you kind of talked about your process. What have you learned about animals in communicating with them? I know you talked about the fact that we think most animals are colorblind, but when I watch your videos, I feel like you are very tuned into how intuitive animals are and how extrasensory they are. You know, we just think of them as these like physical little beings in the world. But I, I almost see animals like children, like they're just tuned into energies that us as humans bogged down by technology and all the things like that normally aren't attuned to. Yeah, absolutely. And animals, to answer your initial question, my work with animals has really showed me that they are so perceptive and observant to everything. And like you said, to what we don't even realize because they don't have the stress of work and do I look, am I thin enough? Am I whatever? Like all of that, they just are living and all they, all they give is pure unconditional love. So an example is there are so many times where our animals mirror our stuff. Like I used to have a lot of digestive issues and, and so did my one dog who I think funny was a horse, my horse in a past life, which is funny that that first person mentioned a horse. But I used to have an eating disorder and had wanted to stop for years, but just just wasn't. And my it took my dog, Donald, pooping on my bed twice to, to cut the habit instantly. So I the first time he pooped on my bed, and he never does that, I knew exactly why he was doing it. But I kind of tried to like, oh, that was just a coincidence. And then he did it again the next day. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what I'm doing is hurting my little nine pound poodle. I'm done. And that was the last day I ever made myself throw up. So that right there, like I really believe that animals come into our life to teach us something specific. Any animal, any pet, whatever, there's a lesson to be learned. And Donald was this little being that helped me stop doing what I had wanted to stop for so long. And I couldn't because in that moment, like, you know, we always we care about our kids more than ourselves, you know, like stuff like that. Like I didn't want to hurt him. And it's things like that, that happen. It's like, there is so much more behind the scenes than we see with our physical eyes. Like everything is divinely orchestrated. We had like this birth chart you were going over, like 
sold contracts. So our animals, like Donald knew like what my actions were pissing him off. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to poop on your bed until you stop. And there, I just hear stories and stories of that with my sessions of, I always ask the pets, I don't even like saying pets, but it's just easier sometimes than animals. I always ask the animals in my sessions, what's your soul contract with mom or dad or whomever? Like, why are you here in this lifetime with them? And they always have an answer. And then when the humans listen to that part of the session, they're like, oh my gosh, like, yes, that is when they came into my life. It's incredible. Oh, chills, chills. Rachel says, one cat Jasper has anxiety and it's interesting because I struggle with anxiety as well. And I can tell he senses it when I have my attacks. He's always there comforting me and loving me. And, you know, I think we, a lot of times as humans, we're just like, oh, we have these animals to make our lives better. Like they're cute and they bring so much joy into our lives. But I love how you brought up soul contracts and how much our animals mirror us. Can you talk more about how our energy affects them? And um, it almost seems like they're indicators that, you know, like you said, soul contracts that come into our lives to teach us things. I wanna show you guys a book. This book, it started off really slow. Animal Soul Contracts by Tammy Billups. It started off really slow for me. I didn't really like it, but someone recommended it to me. And I'm at the point in my life where when someone recommends something to me, I like, I look into it because there's a reason. And I ended up loving it. But in this book, it talks all about the different types of soul contracts. And one of them is mirroring because like what, um, I, I can't focus on the chat. I don't know who said it about the anxiety, but Rachel, when Rachel. Rachel, when we're feeling anxious, like we don't want to feel that, right? Of course not. And then when our pets mirror it, it kind of puts a mirror right in front of us. Like, hey, when I don't, when I'm not well, he or she's not well. And we want nothing more than our pets to be these happy little furry butts running around. Like, okay, so I'm seeing that when I'm sad, he's sad. I don't want him to be sad. So I'm going to try to not be sad. So it's just like these little beams of these little beings helping us just to be the best that we can be because they all offer unconditional love. There's so many animals that even if they were abused for years and years and years, they get into a good home and eventually they have a complete turnaround. They, they obviously might have um, anxiety or certain things forever, but they come around to some level because they're just, they just emanate pure unconditional love, which is what I think they're here to show us. Like life is good. We don't have to be stressed smile more and slow down <laughs> really yeah i always call my dogs my little angels and yep. it started just like especially my my littlest dog willow she is just a beautiful little libra she's just a bright little light she's crazy she's wild but i always say like oh you're my little angel you know but the more i started saying that the more i'm like i really think you are like i see so clearly why she came into our lives like i really feel like she is kind of like the glue that holds our whole family together and she's the most recent pet we've gotten mm -hmm. and i always just now that's become my nickname for her because i'm like wow and i i'm curious you're take on this both of our dogs we have now they're boston terriers and the first one maurice i got he's six now so i got him when i was living in another city and i decided i want to get a dog i grew up with boston terriers my family has a like a long history with them so i knew i wanted to get a boston terrier i looked on craigslist 
Boston Terrier puppies had been born like a week before I saw him and I knew like that's him I just knew immediately that's my dog and of course mm -hmm. you know it all happened very quickly he became mine with Willow because I'm obsessed I joined like my local Boston Terrier Facebook group <laughs> and just to see all the pictures and they're just such a funny breed you know and I saw a picture of a Boston Terrier that someone was holding and she was pregnant and I was like, I am supposed to have one of those dogs puppies. Like I knew I was supposed to have. And I reached out, I was like, this is really awkward. I'm sorry if this is crossing a line, but are you going to be selling any of those puppies? I feel like I'm supposed to reach out and ask. And he didn't respond for weeks. I was like, okay, I'm just a weirdo. And then he's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just saw this message, but yeah, like if you want to come by. So of course, you know, we ended up getting her and the rest is history. But what do you think about that? Like that knowing of you're supposed to have a connection with this soul, with this animal. Yeah, I mean, that's how, that's the beautiful part about being a human being. We have this innate telepathic nature within us. That's why for everyone listening, there's a, there's been a time where you're thinking of someone and then they call you, right? There's energy. We're connected in other ways that we can't see. And these gut feelings are very much the, the core of us that knows what to do coming through. And, and you couldn't, you couldn't ignore that. It wasn't like these puppies were like, Hey, puppies for sale soon. You know, you reached out and that's just proof that like, there's no such thing as a coincidence. You saw that post, you reached out and he said, yes. And now you have your willow. It, I mean, absolutely. I think, I think everything happens for a reason. And what I get a lot is people are always like, well, my ex-boyfriend got me this cat and I never even wanted a cat. And my follow-up to that is, okay, what have you learned from this cat? There's something. Mm -hmm. Are they doing something that's driving you nuts? Why is that behavior driving you nuts? What is it meant to show you? Yeah. And speaking of behavior, I'm sure you get a lot of inquiries of my animal is doing this weird thing or has this weird tick, this weird behavior. How does that play into your work? And what have you learned in exploring kind of these quirky behaviors or even destructive behaviors that some animals have? Sometimes it's because they're in pain, they don't like their food, or there's something actually going on. Sometimes it's because you're doing something and they don't know how to process the energy. So a, a story that just came to mind is a friend of mine, um, her and her partner, they have cats and their one cat midnight was destroying the house, like literally destroying the walls, scratch, like they had to caulk it and repay, like it was, he was destroying the entire apartment. They couldn't figure out what was wrong. And so they asked me to connect with him and I had never met this cat and I hadn't really seen them for like a couple years. So it wasn't like I knew what was happening in their world. So I connected in with this, with this cat midnight and he said, my moms are not communicating. Mom number one has to have a conversation with mom two. They're not talking about it. I can't handle the energy. It's literally making me feel crazy. And I, I scratch and lash out because if I don't, I'm going to burst. I'm like, okay. So I relayed that to them through the recording. And there was something that the one girl wasn't talking to her partner about that they needed to have a conversation. They talked about it that night. It was a couple hour long conversation. Their cat hasn't scratched the wall since. So sometimes it's like that simple. And it's something that specific with your life, or sometimes they don't like their food or, or something's going on, but 
it's really cool because I go into this asking a question and I have no idea what the answer is going to be, which is the beautiful part about what I do is I ask the question and whatever I get is what I share. Like I don't have my own agenda. Could I have thought up of a gajillion things as to why he was doing that? Sure. But it's like, there's a reason and it's unique to the each individual animal. And how did you learn to trust or not question what was coming through? I know you did a lot of readings just for confirmation, but were there ever times where you're like, okay, these two things don't seem connected or is this really like what's supposed to come through? Or did you always just trust that what was coming through was meant to come through? So definitely not. I did not always trust. And and still to this day, it's still, I still sometimes get caught in my head like, ah, did I, did I ruin that whole reading? Like, what was that? Because it's not like I'm transcribing a radio broadcast, right? Like it was psychic work. There's some level of you have to just trust that what you're getting is what you're getting. So trusting what I'm getting really just comes with practice and the feedback and then really just becoming comfortable in yourself. Like, Hey, I'm not here to prove a point. I'm not here to be the best. I'm just here to be my best and to help whomever comes on my path and to share whatever comes through. Because maybe what I say at first doesn't make any sense. And they're like, what the heck are you talking about? But three months later, they're like, oh my gosh, like that's what that meant. Or maybe not, which is fine. And you just continue on and other stuff comes up and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah. So it's really just, you have to just be confident in yourself and to just share anything because there are times where the weirdest thing that would come through if I didn't say it made the whole conversation for them. Like one time, an example, I was talking to a horse. I still remember his name, Cruz. One of my beginning communications and he said, I really hate mom's boyfriend. And I'm like, oh no. And then he said, but don't worry, he doesn't like me either. And I was like, oh my gosh. That's a pretty specific statement to make. And I learned after the fact, the boyfriend is very much a horse person, but does not get along with Cruz and Cruz does not get along with him. So it's like things like that. It's like, you just have to say what you get and move on. Yeah, like not, I'm sure as a Libra rising, there's part of you that's like, oh, I want to please people. You know, I want people to be happy with the reading I'm giving Mm -hmm. them, but I love how much Capricorn you have in your chart. And I see that in your videos too, like... I'm just telling it how it is, you know, mm-hmm. you're, you're very good at giving practical bite-sized information for people to digest. And I always am sending your videos to my partner, like even the one you did about our dogs go nuts at anyone passing the front door, any sound by the front door. They're just so agitated by it. Even my partner was like, you should just have the dogs in the room with you. I'm like, yeah, but if they hear anything, they're just going to go nuts. And it's just going to be, you know, disruptive. Um, To the point where we got these like clings that put on the window that make them opaque for halfway up the window. So they couldn't see out the windows all the time because it was just too, too much. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. too much. But I love how the video you talked about saying like, thank you. Not being like, ah, stop barking, because that's my go-to, like, okay, enough, you know, like, I'm done with this, but just feeling like, thank you for keeping the house safe, thank you, and just kind of appeasing them that way. So, you know, I think a lot of what you do is so powerful, because there's a lot of common behaviors that animals have, 
of course, depending on the type of animal too. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we as humans have similar reactions of just getting like annoyed by them. Like, why are you doing this annoying right. thing? You know, but do you feel like you are like a voice for the animals? Absolutely. Because a voice for the animals, but also helping the humans um, more accurately convey what they're desiring. So with the barking example, if we're saying, stop barking, stop, 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 stop barking. In our mind, we are picturing them barking. Just like if we say, don't jump on the couch. We're picturing them jumping on the couch. So you always wanna say what you want them to do. Please keep your paws on the ground. Keep your sounds to yourself. And people laugh at me like, okay, yeah, well, my dog's going nuts. If I say, please keep your sounds to yourself, that's not gonna do anything. Well, maybe, but it's the intention. and repetitive, repeating it, doing it over and over again. Like, thank you for barking. Thank you for alerting me. You are safe. We are safe. The house is safe. Please be quiet as opposed to please shut up be or because then you're not saying what you want them to do. Um, so very much a voice for the animal if they need something or to express their desires. Because even with my own, like sometimes it's harder for me to connect with my own animals because I'm too emotionally attached. If there's something going on health-wise, no way I can't do it. I just assume the worst. But with that being said, there are times, of course, like uh, our relationship is so much deeper, the bond we have. So it's like a, it's like a mutual understanding. So we, we definitely communicate better now than we used to before I knew this was a thing. Um, but it's just learn, it's just teaching people how to better communicate what they actually want, which in turn enhances the connection and the communication and understanding that you have with your pets. Well, I think it's just like human relationships, right? The closer we are to people, the more they piss us off, you know, the right. more that like we're so enmeshed emotionally that it's like that little thing they do drives us nuts or, you know, we take it so personally. Whereas someone we meet on the street, we can just be or two and give grace if they're doing something annoying it doesn't bother us or even animals you know when I see other people's animals doing things that are probably not the best behavior I'm like oh they're so cute they're they're right. just parts you know and my dogs I'm like this is a reflection on me you guys need to keep it cool you know <laughs> yeah uh, have you always been really connected to animals outside of communicating with them like have you always considered yourself an animal person no. And like when I was a kid, we had, I had a dog, wasn't really close with, I had bunnies growing up, hamsters, but I wasn't like this overly like ambitious animal lover. I mean, I did like horseback riding lessons, but it wasn't like I was this diehard animal fan, um, which is funny because one of my dad's ex-girlfriends made a comment a couple years ago when I got into this work and she's like, I'm so happy that you like dogs now. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you really didn't care for Tasha. Like when that was the dog we had when I was growing up. She's like, you never really wanted to do anything. Like you just didn't really care about her. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so mean. <laughs> I don't really remember. But no, I, I didn't always have this, which is why when I, going back to what we said in the beginning, how I very much believe that we can all do this is because I wasn't connected really with animals to that level. And I didn't always do this. And now I have a thriving business and I teach workshops. And I did a workshop this past weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and I have 25 people on each call and they all talk to three different animals and every single one of them got so many things right. And it's so cool to see. 
That's amazing. That is so cool. I love what you talked about with your work in your own past lives and how horses really play into that. Just a side note here, I feel like that's definitely your Sagittarius moon as well. Like horse energy and Sagittarius energy have a really um, direct correlation, I think. And that's what I've gotten from not animal psychics, but other psychics I've seen. My mom is a Sagittarius and she's a very free spirit. And a psychic told me once, you need to picture her as a Native American woman riding bareback on a horse. So I don't know if this is anything for you, but um, I kind of want to talk about that past life piece because I always tell my partner, I'm pretty sure you were a dog in one of your past lives. Like he's obsessed with the ball. He is like just loves to play with the dogs. Like, thank goodness for him because our dogs are so high energy and he loves to go play with them every day. But he's always like throwing a ball around, playing with the ball. And I always tell him, I'm like, there's a reason our dogs are so like, you know, wanting to play all the time because that's your uh-huh. energy too. But do you ever get anything like that either where you hear from animals that either they were connected in a past life to their owner or maybe their owner was an animal in a past life or anything like that? So the past lives thing is not a question I will ask unless the humans ask me to because a lot of people aren't open to that and I don't want them to discount the whole communication because of one crazy thing I said and they think I'm this just crazy woo-woo person. Um, However, that being said, there was one – it was only one time where it came through so strongly without me asking um, this – oh, no, it wasn't a past life. This dog said, I'm going to reincarnate back into this lifetime with my mom like soon and that was the first like I don't I usually don't bring up reincarnation I don't unless they ask but that was so strong I was like you know what I don't care what they think I I have to say it um but in the times where the people have asked me which has only been a handful of times like hey was I with my animal in a past life almost every time they said yes And there was at least one or two lives that they were together with them, which is really fascinating. Because I said earlier that I really think my dog, Donald, was a horse in a past life, which is funny because in this lifetime, before I got into animal communication, well, actually, at the time I was starting animal communication, I also was trying to start an equine massage career. I was trying to do both. And it was just too much because I... In this life, I don't really know anything about horses. I never had a horse, so it was a huge learning curve for me, which is fine, but I was already trying to start this other business, and every time I would go to do a horse massage, my dog Donald would get so pissed off at me because I feel like he used to be a horse, but now he's a nine-pound little poodle, and he was, like, jealous, like, because I was so amazed at their massive bodies, and he's like, this is crap, like, hello? (laughs) So I don't know why I just got into that. Um... But I think reincarnation, past lives, I just know there's so much I don't know and I am open to whatever at this point. And yeah, before I got into this work, I never really thought about past lives or reincarnation. It wasn't that I was against it. I just never really dived into that and it kind of just, or dove into that, but it kind of just came about through this work. And I'm just like, hey, you know, whatever, anything is possible for sure. I love that you brought up reincarnation because this is something I I do want to talk about. Um, One of my really good friends, she had this dog. I met her when I was working in news. I used to work in news in Reno. And she had this dog that was like such a soul connection to her. His name was Jay. He had all sorts of health issues, but they were just so close. And he died really unexpectedly 
um, right around the time that she had a miscarriage. She was going through like a lot of really traumatic things. Fast forward, she has a beautiful, healthy baby boy, and she is convinced that Jay reincarnated as her child. And she's like, I know I sound crazy, but even like Jay had this weird thing on his ear and my kid has kind of a similar thing on his ear and just their mannerisms and things like that. And to piggyback off of that, one of my mentors, and I believe this is a common belief in maybe Indian culture or Buddhism, you'll have to forgive me because I don't know exactly, but basically that dogs and cats are um, here and they're so connected to humans because many times they reincarnate as humans in their next lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm just curious your take on all of that now that we've gotten into reincarnation and how, like you said, uh, this reading you had, an animal told you I'm going to reincarnate with my mom again in this lifetime. I really don't know. I don't really have an answer to that because I don't, it's never come up in my communications from my, my human brain right now. I'm thinking like, why an animal is just pure unconditional love. I'm like, why would they want to come back as a human? Because we are so not that we try to be that, but it's like almost like a step back. But there are so many stories where they, they do come back and we really do like your friend or your mentor or whoever you said it was, I think it was your mentor, right? With their, her son. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. So it's like stories like that are undeniable, but I just don't know that one. Well, I appreciate you not trying to know and just, just being real about it. It's just such an interesting thing to think about because I'm sure you hear it all the time. Like I would love to come back as my dog in a next lifetime. You know, yeah. I say that I'm like, one of my, I would love to come back as one of my dogs. They have the life, they get to play they're They run this mm -hmm. house, you know? And so maybe it is the other way around for some people. If we're lucky enough, we get to come back as really loved pets in our next life yeah. or you know, reincarnation is a whole other uh, realm mm -hmm. that we discuss. But we're talking about spirituality. We're talking about souls. In this line of work, have you learned more just about what it means to be a soul in this lifetime from communicating with animals? Because a lot of the work you do is communicating with animals on the other side as well. Yes. And how that started is I didn't get into this intentionally trying to communicate with animals that had passed and in the very beginning one of my practice sessions in the very very beginning was with a cat and the human just forgot to tell me that her cat had passed away four months prior she just didn't mention it so i did this reading the, i still remember it the cat described the dark maroon comforter with the the bookshelf that like on the right hand side at the base of the bed how the curtains were always closed and he wanted the room to be brighter and he said I don't like that mom sleeps with her phone on the nightstand and I always swat it off so all this very specific th stuff and the human can later confirmed all of that and especially the phone she said my cat hated my phone and everything when we were talking everything she was saying was in the past tense he hated the phone he never liked going into the room. And I said, I, I don't remember her name, but I was like, why are you saying everything in the past tense? And she goes, oh, my, my kitty died in March. And I was like, what? Because I was so new to this, never in a million years would I have thought that I could connect with a dead animal. So that's how it started with connecting with the deceased animals. And what I've learned is they are never upset. They're never lonely. They're never mad. Like they, it's all their death. And some people aren't gonna like this, but no matter how they pass, they knew it was going to happen that way for a specific reason 
for something. And a lot of people are like, I saw my pet get hit by a car in front of me. How, why would that be for a reason? And I'm like, I don't know. But what I've learned is that everything that happens to us is for a reason to show us something about something, whether we know it right now. And what I've learned from talking to them in spirit is that it changed my perception on death because we as animals don't fear death because the, the, to them, it's not the end. It's a tra it's just a transition and they still see us every day. I, I probably 40% of my work is with animals and spirit. And when they talk about your life right now and things you're doing right now and certain signs they're giving you right now, how would any of that happen if they weren't literally still with you right now? So it kind of took the, the fear or the kind of uncertainty about death because it's like, it's not the scary thing, the end, like we're together somehow, we can still see loved ones here somehow. I don't know how it all works, I'm still here, but it's very much changed my kind of human take on it for sure. Yeah, and you recently posted something too about how that version of their consciousness will remain that version of their consciousness, even if you do believe in reincarnation or you know these things like that version of them will always be with us as that version of them. Right. And I came to that conclusion. That wasn't something I read, but when I, when I do my sessions, I don't ask people like on the form, it says, is your animal living or in spirit? I like to know that now in the beginning, I didn't ask, but I like to know it now because I ask vastly different questions. If I know they're in spirit, why am I going to do a body scan? If they're deceased, there's no, that's just a waste of time. Obviously they'll talk about things that hurt here, but that, that doesn't matter right now. So when I, I don't ask how long they've been deceased. I talked to a cat one time that I later found out passed away 21 years ago. So it's like, and so even if like, because I don't ask how long ago they passed, my take is even if they reincarnate, the part of them that was your pet still is there to connect because how would I have done my communication if not? It, I mean, it's just, I don't see any other explanation for that. Yeah. I'm sure you do a lot of readings for dogs and cats and domestic animals. What's the most abstract animal or, you know, that's the best way I can think to put it that you've ever connected with? It's so funny. I get that question a lot and I'm like, I don't know. And I really need to come up with an answer because I've talked to, um, Cows, pigs, donkeys, goats, bearded dragons, geckos, birds. Um, my one friend owns a farm. She has a camel. I didn't talk to the camel or the peacocks. But bunnies, like, I mean, they all, they all communicate the exact same. There's no difference. They all, turtles, I've done turtles. They all have opinions. I mean, the gecko talked about how his, the heat lamp was making his rock too hot. And he wanted it to be less hot. And the humans, after the fact, said, oh, my gosh, I, I've noticed he hasn't been laying on his rock lately. It's because it was too hot. So it's like they all come through the exact same, which is why it's a really hard question for me to answer because they're all the same, really. But I, I would say, to answer your question, probably a bearded dragon because it's like this – they live such a vast – or a turtle. They live such a vastly different life than, like, most of the other animals that I usually connect with. So probably have you ever two. been able to connect with like a fish or anything that lives in the water? This is just, I've random. never, I've never tried. I've never had someone pay for a communication for a fish. 
And since I've been doing this work, I haven't traveled anywhere where I was like with fish, but they would come through just the same. I mean, there would be no difference. I mean, I've connected with birds, like wild birds. I've had messages come through and stuff like that. Slugs, one, oh, a slug, one time, or a snail. It was a snail. One time I was walking to yoga and I was about to step and I heard, ah, stop. And I was like, what the heck? Like there was no one around me. So my foot stopped like three inches in the air and I looked down and there was a snail under my foot. I almost crushed him, but I heard him scream and say, stop. So things like that happen, which is just super cool. So would you consider yourself clairaudient then? Like when it comes through, are you hearing the, the voice or how does it come through for you? I don't hear accents or tones. They all, all the animals sound the same. The horse sounds the same as the snail, sounds the same as the cat, the dog, whatever. Um, it's more so like a sudden knowing. Like I hear a, a thought is like implanted in my mind. So the ah, stop was just like this thought in my head. So it wasn't like specific to a certain pitch or tone of the animal. Uh, my one friend who is the one that I learned about animal communication from, she has told me that she hears pitches and tones. Like she um, heard a message from a duck one time and she heard this duck with this really high pitched, like um, really just fast paced voice. And she's like, what the heck is that? And then this little duckling came sprinting up the, the hill and she was like, oh my gosh, that was that duck's voice. So I don't hear stuff like that. It's all the same for me. That's so interesting. You know, as we start to wrap up this conversation, I'm curious what animal communication has done for you in your own spiritual understanding. You know, it feels like this is all part of a huge spiritual awakening for you and several things compounded to get you to this point. But Specifically, what has connecting with animals taught you about your own life and your own spirituality? It's taught me how to be good to myself. And it goes back to stopping my eating disorder because my dog pooping and me really realizing that they are connected to us. But also, it's helped me become the best version of me because if I go to bed too late or I eat too late or too much or something shitty the day before, I can't do sessions the next day. So for me, I'm very sensitive in that way. Like if I am not on my A game, if I'm not exercising, if I'm not doing all the stuff, I wake up and I, I don't feel confident to do my session because I feel tired or bogged down. So it's really forced me to do the best for me, which is super cool because if we're doing our best and feeling our best, I'm obviously gonna be better for my own animals and then I'm better at my work. I can be more consistent with it. So it's just the animal communication has really enhanced my connection, not only with my animals, but to like life and myself, really. Everything you're saying is like making me like my own wheels turn about why my dogs do certain things. You know, of course, we talked about the barking, which just I think is them being hypervigilant about the house mm -hmm. and taking, you know, I always even tell them when we leave, like, okay, protect the house, you know? And so I really mm -hmm. think they take their jobs very seriously as guard dogs. And I do appreciate that about them. Um, but, and other things too, with, you know, my, my first dog, he is like 100% my protector. If my partner even like, my partner won't even have to raise his voice. If he can sense his energy change, he'll start barking and almost like charge at him, you know? And I always tell my partner, I'm like, he senses your energy before you even sense your energy. Like he is basically yeah. an alarm going off, you know? Mm -hmm. but 
our little dog Willow is an obsessive licker. Like she just wants to lick everybody. You know, it's that like mothering instinct I think that comes through a lot. She wants to clean everybody, but always late at night when I'm still working late at night, she always wants to like stand on me and lick me. And now I'm like, I think she's telling me to stop working. I think she's like, I was, hey. I was just gonna say, so like I mentioned earlier, I don't do readings live because for me, I just am not comfortable with it yet. I feel like I need to be in my own zone. But as you were speaking, it's like, an animal licking, like a mother licking their young, is very therapeutic. It's a soothing. It's it's like, um, hey, it's time to like wind down. And what better way to make you aware of the fact that you're not doing that by constantly licking you? Because that's not something you can ignore. You know, them, her laying on your foot. You said she's a she, right? Yeah. Your dog. Her laying on your foot. That's like, oh, she's so cute on my foot. Like we can continue working and kind of forget about it. But licking, it's like, hello. And like you just said, you already knew it was because she was telling you to stop working. <laughs> so it's fun because a lot of the times when our animals are doing things, we're like, why are they doing that? But really, when we think about it, we already know the answer. And she always is licking my hand I'm trying to type with. You know, I have like a little <laughs> desk with my laptop. So first thing in the morning, sometimes I go work on the couch or late at night if I still have to get work done. And it's only the hand I'm working with. She's like, okay, mom, like, I just want to snuggle with you. Can you stop working now? So there's more attention. My one dog, Donald, the one that I think was a horse, um, he doesn't like when I'm on the computer at night. He goes to bed really. He puts himself to bed at like, 7 p.m. So it's like I, if I want to spend time with him before he like goes to sleep, I have to stop sooner. But we're like, you know, creating a new business and you're always working and you always have ideas. And I think of something I'm like, oh, I'm going to update my website or I'm going to respond to one email. But one email turns into all of the emails. And so I'll say to him, Donald, I need to do this one thing. It's going to take me like five minutes and I promise you I'm done. But then I get an email and I'm like, oh, I'm going to respond to that. And I'll start responding to it. And he will start snorting and making sounds like, hello, you told me you were doing that one thing. You're doing something else. Get off the computer. It's so funny. So they know. Absolutely. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I, again, I just don't think we give them as much credit as they deserve mm -hmm. for how observant they are and how attuned to us they are. Diane said... I love that my past pets are still with me. And she said, shortly after my cat passed, I saw her footprints on a bedspread. It was the coolest experience. I took photos of it. I also felt her jump onto my bed or walk across the bed. Have you had uh, experiences or clients like that where, or even with your own pets that have passed, like they make an appearance and make themselves yeah. known? The, the feeling them on the bed is so common. And like how awesome that she saw footprints because if we feel our bed our pets like jump up on the bed we can easily kind of discount that like oh i was just missing them but when you actually see something you can't talk yourself out of that and i had a, a personal experience my one dog jordy she's passed she was 17 when she passed i was she used to always sit at the top of the basement stairs and when she started getting um losing her vision and stuff it made me i had to put a gate up because she couldn't see and if she would have fell down the steps like she was already four pounds it would have been bad so the one day i'm walking up the basement steps i get to the top of it and i tripped and i literally felt her between my legs and i said out loud jordy and i like tripped and stepped over and i was like Jordy passed away five months ago. I was like, but I felt her. Like I tripped over her. It was the weirdest thing ever. And then I was like so happy because I was like, I was like apologizing for hurting her. I was like, wait a minute. 
you're in spirit. I didn't hurt you, but I felt you. And that was so cool, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it happens. It's like so awesome. That is amazing. Is there any advice you would give? I think this is a really, you know, as, as we're talking about our pets who have passed, who are our family members who we love so much and it can be so painful. And I know, you know, my childhood dog, Ruby, she is 14 now. She's a chocolate lab. I can sense, you know, she's 14. She's close to the end. She's having some health issues. And I think right now she's just kind of on like borrowed time. You know, she's just hanging out. And um, it's tough when a pet passes. And I know like my dad, she lives with my dad, is going to be devastated. He's already having a hard time with it. What advice or um, insight do you give people when their pets pass or when maybe you can tell they're about to pass? The thing that really helps, and it, nothing is going to take, I have goosebumps just thinking about it. Nothing is going to help the pain, the grief. Like grief is a very normal human emotion. We want that because it's just, a, we have to process. But what I can say is that our animals, and it, it's so cliche, people are like, oh, they're still with you. They're better off now. And like, ugh, but it's so true because they really are with you. They tell me things about your life that happened after they passed. So it's like being open to the messages you're getting. Like you're the one listener about how she saw the footprints. And a lot of times when people are deep in grief, if you're really, really deep in grief, it's gonna be harder for your animal to get the messages through. And you can think of it this way. If you are really deep in grief, your energy is like right here, right? Mm -hmm. If you are just relaxed and free and open, you are a much bigger circle. So when you're deep in grief, your animal's message has to make it through this tiny little hole. But when you're not so deep in grief, it's bigger, it's easier. And one of the common things that people do is they get a message, but they think, oh, I was just missing my animal. That's why I thought of her or that's why I smelled him or I no, like that was them coming through. So you talk yourself out of getting a genuine message from them. A common thing is you hear their footprints coming down the hallway. And when you hear that, you look. But then you're like, oh, I was just thinking of them. It's like, no, that's them. So the number one, the, the best advice I have is when you get these signs or these randomly, you just think of a, a memory out of nowhere. It's not a memory. It's them reminding you of that. The more that you accept what you're getting, you're going to get more and more and more. Because if, say, you keep hearing them, you hear the bark, you hear the footprints, you hear the horse whinny. Um, I think that's what it's called, a whinny. You, you hear it. If you keep discrediting all of that, they're going to be like, okay, sound is not the best way. Let me try this. And they try something else. So you make it harder and they have to keep trying different things, but it's like, trust what you get and you're going to get more. Yeah. We're all a little bit psychic. Even those of us who are very right. rational <laughs> and don't yeah. like to think that we are, we're all a little bit psychic. Is there yeah. anything else you want to say just about your experience being able to connect with animals and now making this your life mission and your career? The one thing I would love to share with everyone is, and a lot of dog trainers, I shouldn't say a lot, TikTok. TikTok doesn't really accurately reflect humans. It's like you're either on the bad side of TikTok or the good side of TikTok sometimes. <laughs> the bad side of TikTok is all these dog trainers saying, and no, no, nothing against dog trainers. I have a really good friend dog trainer, but a lot of the a lot of, I get a lot of a lot from dog trainers saying, "Don't tell your animals 
where you're going, when you're leaving, don't greet them when you come in the door because that just creates separation anxiety. And I'm just like, what? No. What I've learned is that the more details that you give your animals and the more specifics about I'm going grocery shopping, I'm going to be gone for two and a half hours, I'll be back at five, like literally those specific details changes everything. And then they have an idea. They're like, oh, okay, mom's going out, but she'll be back. When you go when you go to work in the morning, I'm going to work now. I'll be home at 5.30. I just read a book. I don't have it out here. There was a, I don't, I don't really care much about science. Like I don't need a scientific study to believe something, but this book was very much science-based and they did a, a scientific study about, they had a, a, the house being filmed of the animal and then the human being filmed. And she went out on a random errand. She was gone for three and a half hours. And right when the film crew told her, okay, now you can go home. 10 seconds later, her dog went to the window and stayed there watching for her to come home because the dog sensed that she was on her way home. So it's like when you think that you're about to go home, like they pick up on that. So they are so deeply connected to what we're doing when we're not even home. So just talking to your animals every day about everything just makes everything better. It's so wild that you bring that up because just last week, I forget where I was. I was out doing something, working. And my partner, I texted him like, okay, I'm about to head home. And he sent me a picture of my dog Maurice sitting straight up at the door. He never does that, just sitting at the front door, like waiting. And he's like, Mo's waiting for you. And I was like, oh, how funny. Like, I wonder why he did that. But now that you say that, I'm like, okay, I guess he knew that mom was And then like, if you make a detour and you're like, oh, I'm going to go grocery shopping, like in your mind, just mentally check in. I'm going to be 30 minutes late because they're waiting for you. So just say, hey, make it a quick errand. I'll be home in 30 minutes or whatever, because it makes such a difference, especially with vacations when you're going on vacation. Say to them, I'm going to be gone for seven days. I'm going to arrive back home Saturday at four o'clock. Like that, it it works. Isn't it crazy? People might think how- nuts, but it works. <laughs> It's fine. I won't think you're nuts. I I talk to my dogs more than I talk to humans, honestly. Mm -hmm. But isn't it crazy too how like we are our pets, really their whole world. You know, they say that there's that corny phrase. It's like, we might be their whole world, but they make our world whole or whatever. But it's so true. Like we really are their everything. And that's honestly such a big responsibility, but it's such an honor too, to like hold that space for these pure little beams of light. Yep. That's why I always say like, no matter how busy or stressed you are, if you only have four minutes, take four minutes and lay on the floor with your animals and just be with them for four minutes more if you can, Mm -hmm. but like just being present with them for whatever you can do. Because like you said, they, we are their whole world. Yeah. Rachel says my fiance left the house last week and my cat was crying at the door because he didn't say goodbye. I had to remind her I was home and then she was okay. That's so cute. <laughs> oh, Well, I love to wrap up these interviews with an Oracle card pull and I have to pull from the animal spirit deck today, obviously. Uh, but as I get this ready, I'm going to pull up your website and please tell everyone how they can work with you, how they can follow you, what offerings you have right now. I mean, Immediately, if you're watching, definitely go follow Nikki on Instagram or TikTok, wherever you are, because I have learned so much just from the short 30-second to one-minute videos you post, um, and it's helped me already have a better relationship with my animals. So please let everyone know what you're offering right now and how they can work with you. 
So you guys can work. So right now I have a wait list just because I, I can only, I can't keep up with the demand for the animal communication session. So if you go to my webpage, you'll see this little box pop up about joining my wait list. It'll take you to the services tab. If you can, if you just click join wait list, it'll take you to the services section. And then if you scroll down, it gives you all the details. At the bottom of that page, there's a form that you can join my wait list. And then you'll get an email once I, every like three months, I open up my books for no orders and then I'll give you, I'll send you an email like, hey, next week on this day and time, I'm going to be accepting new orders. I'll send you the link. So that's the way you can get on the list for a communication, but you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok. There are a lot of imposter accounts. So my only account is this one, Nikki Vasquez, like about 12,000 followers. I'm not following many people, which is how you can tell it's my real account. I'll never DM you people on the internet are nuts. But every month I host introduction to animal communication workshops. And I'm going to be hosting another one in August, I'm going to probably pick the date this week. So if you join my newsletter, you'll get notified when I do that. And one last thing I want to mention to everyone is that I'm in the process right now of creating a membership platform. It, I, I'm thinking it'll be like $34 a month. There will be um, live weekly calls, monthly workshops, guest speakers. I don't really know the details of how it's going to play out, but I'm in the process of doing that, which is going to be super cool. Um, so it's just like very much a community and I'm here just to help you guys connect deeper with yourself and your animals. Why is this the work that you're so passionate about? What is it about animals that just this is it for you? Because they have so much to teach us and they can't voice it in the way that we humans hear communication. So it's like giving the animals a voice to not only improve their life, but to improve yours because the better you are, then the better their life is. So I guess one could say is all I care about is the animals because if you're better, they're better. But I really do care about both. Oh, I love that so much. Nick says, I'm going to go spend that four minutes outside with my cat after this. So your cat's going to be very happy. Thanks to you for <laughs> this interview, Nick. All right, let's go ahead and see what card wants to come through. I'm just going to take a deep breath here. What do we need to know? Mm, stag spirit, take the lead. So it's you know, like a deer or a stag, card number 58. So I'm just gonna pull it up in the guidebook here and see what message wants to come through. Whether or not you have set their intention to lead, you may have found yourself suddenly called to step up to the forefront of your life. Stag spirit is a reminder that now is a time to heed the call to be sure, strong, and compassionate. Others will look to you and you have it within you to see through the eyes of stag spirit and walk with confidence as you take the responsibilities that are yours now and model integrity in all that you do and in all your relationships. Be willing to see the best in others so that your compassionate heart keeps you on the right path. Stag Spirit wants you to know that your responsibilities now are to yourself too, for you are learning and developing new skills. The best in you is coming into view as you step forward with strength, knowing that Spirit supports you as you compassionately take the lead. You're a model for transformation now, sharing your experience, strength, and hope with others so they may grow and discover their best selves too. What a gift you are. Stay humble and authentic and walk your talk for this is how a wise leader leads. I just see this as you leading us all to be more compassionate for our animals it's, in our lives. It's, 
It's so funny that card was pulled because this whole membership thing is like way out of my comfort zone. And in my mind, I'm like, how am I going to create that? How can I provide value? Like I have nothing to say. Yes, I do. You know, so it's like funny that that card was pulled. It's like, no, like do this because you can do it and people are going to like it. Yes, you are a natural leader. I mean, also just all the Capricorn in your chart, I promise you, you are a born leader. You are meant to be a leader and to communicate with it all being in your third house. So I love that this confirmation came through for you. And I think to all of us to be leaders for our animals, you know, we have the ability to, we're their caretakers a lot of the time, and we have the ability to show up for them and lead them and be their protectors. And I think that's a responsibility that, you know, we can all take to heart, yeah. especially after this conversation and knowing some of the signals they're trying to send us. <laughs> I, I'm curious if your dogs stop barking as much. Like it would be interesting, you know? So that's a difficult I, one to break, but can I introduce you to them really quick before we log yeah, off? Yeah, totally. Okay, hold on. Let me see. Come here guys. Come on. Come on in. Come on. Okay, come say hi. Okay, this is Willow. Oh my gosh, so cute. <laughs> she loves to give kisses. She loves to lick. Say hello Aww. to everybody. Okay, and then Maurice, come here. It's your turn. Come here, I feel like Willow gets really excited when she sees people and she might bark because she's like, hey mom, look, look, look. So just know that and, and next time be like, I see them. Thanks for letting me know. Like. They have a really cool shirt on or just say something silly and see if she stops. Okay, I'm gonna try that. And then this is Maurice, my baby boy. He is Aww. my protector. <laughs> he, uh, he knows that I make him perform on the live stream and he's like, I'm not about this. I just wanna be independent and do my own thing. But Aww. I just wanted you to see my little babies who I was talking so much about today. Oh my gosh, I love the kisses. They all kissed, they both kissed you in the same way. They love to give kisses. They're very affectionate. They're spoiled, rotten, and they're basically our whole world. So I'm really grateful for you sharing your insights so I can be a better guardian and have a better relationship with them because, you know, they bring so much joy to my life. And honestly, they make the hard days that much better. They make life worth living in so many ways. And yep. I'm just so grateful to understand them better. They really do just make life perfect, 100%. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I know you are busy. You've got that long wait list of people wanting to learn from you. I can't wait to keep learning from you and join your newsletter and come to these workshops because this has been so insightful. So I'm just really so grateful for you sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Thank you. It was so fun chatting with you. It really was. I had a blast. My, my cheeks hurt from smiling. So I was just like smiling for like an hour and a half. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm so glad we connected and I can't wait to keep sharing all the wonderful things you're doing too. Thank you to everybody who joined the conversation as well. Everybody loved your appearances, guys. Now they're sleeping uh, immediately, just zero to a hundred. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in the next couple of weeks with new episodes of The Spiritual Journalist. You can find episodes on my YouTube channel or wherever you listen to podcasts as well in the meantime. And one more thank you to you, Nikki. I hope you all have such a beautiful day. And Thanks, I Olivia. Thanks. Bye. Until I see you next, 
stay curious. Thank you so much for joining our discussion today. If you enjoyed this episode of The Spiritual Journalist, you can find more on thespiritualjournalist.com or you can listen to our conversations wherever you enjoy podcasts. And if you want to learn more about astrology, join me live every weekday morning on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for Transits Today, where we break down the energy of the day based on the movement of the planets and start our morning off in a high vibe. All of the information we share on The Spiritual Journalist is completely free to you. So if you'd like to support more content like this, the easiest way to do so is to subscribe to our YouTube page. Head over to The Spiritual Shop on our website and buy yourself a little something. Or if you're feeling extra generous, you can buy me a coffee to fuel future live streams. Just tap the link in the description or head to buymeacoffee.com and search The Spiritual Journalist. I'm so grateful you found us here and I can't wait for our next conversation.